If you're looking for a new way to support SideMission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code SIDEMISSION for 15% off your order. Thank you, Dubby, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck. And today, after what probably, if you're if you're keeping up with these episodes and you're really looking forward to these Twisted Metal episodes, forgive me. It's a busy time of the year. I fall behind at editing, and uh, that's why this episode is coming out like uh, a month after our last one. <laughs> so today, we are talking about... Serious, I'm so serious, fellas. If we get through all these episodes by Christmas, I'm looking at that as like the biggest W of the year. <laughs> Facts. Um, I, I don't know if that'll happen, <laughs> but we will see. It might I'm not happen. happen. <laughs> There's no no promises whatsoever, but that's the goal right now. But anyways, today we're talking about episode seven. Kyle, you would hype this episode up a lot. And I will say it was significantly better than episode six. If you remember back when we talked about that episode, my biggest issue, I think our, all three of us, I think we're all in agree. We, we all agreed on this was that it felt a little bit too much like a filler episode and it just felt kind of unnecessary. You almost could have just skipped straight to this part or straight to this episode from five. Um, and instead they kind of just had a 30 minute episode that the whole point was just to see John Doe and quiet, um, smash in a ball pit. <laughs> but that's, that's the nice way because I caught Matt off guard last time with how I, how I, uh, brazenly said, that that shit was pretty funny. How I said it, I'm not going to lie, but that felt like the only reason like they had that episode. This one it feels like they're back on track, and I actually liked this episode quite a bit. Now, one thing with all these shows, especially ones that Kyle recommends me, I always have to figure out, there, there's this little game I play uh, with each of these shows, and it's, how far into the season do I get before I realize I cannot watch this show with my parents? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm pleased to report that we got all the way to episode seven before I hit that point. So, Kyle, it's like the best that you've ever done with any of these shows, because with the boys, it was like 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No kidding. With the boys, it was like 20 minutes in. I was like, okay, I cannot watch this with my parents. Thank God this show. Hey, this show, we got seven episodes in. This this show, this episode's a little bit more crude. A little bit more heavy on the sexual humor. But I will say for how I feel like how low this the the humor could have gone, Kyle, for how like low hanging fruit it could have been. <laughs> uh, I feel like the writing they actually did a good job of handling it. That doesn't feel like too juvenile, and I think that that's a good thing. I think that it definitely is juvenile to an extent, but with humor like this, uh, especially with the video that I sent y'all earlier of uh, the interaction between Bloody Mary and the dude at the gas pump. I feel like it would be very easy for that to be too juvenile, but I feel like the way they wrote it, Kyle, and I have to give them credit, I feel like they've done a good job of handling the humor in this show so far. Yeah, I I will say that the only thing that really, you know, I, I thought was a bit much was like, and, and like I get it at the beginning, you know, the part where they're showing Sweet Tooth's backstory, the part with him and the dog, that was a little graphic. Like, thank God they didn't show the body, but... Dude, I was like, I we didn't need to go that far. Like, I get it. You know, I think that they did that for shock value. But, dude, that's... Like, this episode got brutal. It got gritty. 
I, I thought this was probably the greatest episode featuring Sweet Tooth because there was so there's so much to unpack here. And John Doe and Quiet's, you know, plot as well, I thought was very, very interesting. There were definitely uh a lot of crude moments though. Like we like you said, that that part with Bloody Mary and the guy at the gas pump, and then, you know, pretty much the whole bar scene, like, it's, I think this is probably the raunchiest episode of the whole season, like, they, this was where they were like, alright, no holds barred, we're, we're going all in, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I really liked the episode, um, I thought that there was a lot of good, you know, uh, I I don't know how to. It, it did a very good job of moving the plot forward while also giving us more, you know, background on characters like Sweet Tooth. Um, but the end the the end of it I think was where that ends up. I I I really like because it sets up these last few episodes, which are incredible compared to how the first you know three episodes were very slow. Yeah, I I, I kind of I kind of feel the same. I feel like. Again, at some point, the show hit its stride. I think it was around episode four, episode three and four, when I feel like the show really hit its stride. Episode five was really good. Episode six kind of derailed it a little bit, just because, and, and I feel that way more so now after this episode because I really, I really feel like there's no reason you could have you could have just gone straight to episode seven from episode five. Like six, I feel like doesn't really hold that much weight, and this reminds me of the. Um, of the episode with, I can't remember that faction's name because again, forgive me. It's been so long since we've, since I've watched some of these episodes, um, the faction in the, uh, in the semis, the, oh, the, the, you know, the group that's in the semi, the convoy. Yes. It, it reminded me of that episode where you see like it's some contained story and you feel like it may, you can almost consider it filler, but there is a fair amount of main plot advancement going on. And I like that. They're able to do both at the same time. Tell a good contained story in that episode where, you know, you're just learning about this group, you're learning about this faction, this place, uh, this group of people. And at the same time, there's events going on and there's dialogue that includes the overarching plot, which ultimately the goal is for John Doe and Quiet to, you know, finish this delivery and, and get their place in New San Francisco. So I agree with you that I think this episode in particular does a really good job of balancing that. And I, and I was really impressed by that. Uh, talking more about Sweet Tooth as well, I I I think that the scene with the dog in the very beginning—that's like the first time that I think that's probably the first time that I've sat there and gone, mm, I don't really know how necessary that was, and it felt a little gratuitous. Um, yeah. And that's and that's not that's not necessarily to just to kill the show or to kill the episode because of one scene. But I even texted y'all when I watched it, and I was just like, well, I don't really know. Like, I know, like, it's, like you said, Kyle, it's done for shock value, but I just, I kind of sat there going, like, was there really a need to show Sweet Tooth as a child killing a dog? Now, obviously, again, we don't see the body. We just see the blood spurting up into, you know, Sweet Tooth's face. But it just, to me, it felt wholly unnecessary. And again, not going to get on a soapbox for the entire episode. It, it was just one of those that I wasn't exactly a huge fan. Now, 
in the beginning, and Matt, I want to hear your thoughts on this, what I am a huge fan of in that start was showing how Sweet Tooth's mom and stepdad essentially showing a lot of their kind of their mental abuse towards him, showing a lot of how they manipulated him. And they saw him as more of a, as a cash cow, as a child actor than really as a son. I think that's a really interesting concept and goes a long way in kind of explaining why Sweet Tooth is the way he is. And Matt, it further explains some of the events we see with Sweet Tooth and Stu later in the episode. Yeah, I actually really thought that this was a strong episode for Sweet Tooth, and not just because of them covering his, his past, which I do completely agree with the dog wasn't necessary. I think that they could have done that completely without that. Like, that probably would have been okay if it was just another person, and he just straight up murdered him instead of killing a dog. But... Yeah, so in this episode, we basically get with Sweet Tooth and Stu arriving at, was it Blackgate? Um, basically, this is where Sweet Tooth spent almost all of his time after the murder with the dog. Obviously, he's not fit to be in society. So what yeah. this this episode had something I was not quite expecting, you know, with them getting there. And then basically, they do get, um, what is it? I don't want to necessarily say it was a trap. Um, but they, they do get caught by Agent Stone and everyone else, and that is including Mike, who everyone remembers as Stu's friend. Um, basically, uh, Sweet Tooth is showing Stu around the you know the cell where he was, and they show the skeletons of the people who basically helped him become who he is today. And I think it was kind of cool that he just crushed their skeletons, or just what was little left of them. Now, when they get back, they they see all of you know Sweet Tooth's. Um, his his, uh, his fan club had been shot dead and it was done by Mike because, you know, we remember that Mike is pretty good at sniping. So he took them out and then, um, yeah, there there was a moment that I wasn't expecting in this, but it, it had to have happened. And that is we find, you know, Mike finally gets it. Um, I, I, I was more surprised about how Stu approached it. I thought he would have been way more sad because this was his friend. But I guess after you're betrayed, um, you know, and act like a, like all hot shit to impress you know the people on Stone's side of things. Um, yeah, I, I probably would take a little bit harder, but you know, Stu's got a new replacement for Mike with Sweet Tooth anyway. Yeah, I I, I liked I liked kind of Mike seeing that perspective finally, and and, mm-hmm. and having kind of that moment of clarity of shit. This I I finally understood like why Mike or why Stu couldn't do this before. I liked that, and I liked I think as a writer, one thing I liked is. Mike didn't have to say anything for us to get that. Like, you could completely tell by his mannerisms, the look on his face, the look of horror when he realized that it was Stu there. You you could kind of tell, like, okay, he realizes he gets it now. And I like that. I, I'm one of those, show me, don't tell me. You know, it's one of those things, like, if you have to tell me how you're feeling, that kind of kills the entire flow of the scene. I like the fact they were able to show what was going through his head with just the look on his face instead of having to tell us or have him say something, you know, have some kind of inner monologue or have some forced dialogue. I liked that personally. I thought that was a really, really good touch. So Kyle, we haven't really talked about the pit and really, really an interesting, interesting place that uh, I can't lie. This was one of the more interesting places they've gone in the show so far for me. This I thought was a really, really interesting because it's again, like I've always, and this is a very, very weird, like aside, but I've always felt like when you go into gas stations, if you're on a road trip, it always feels like truckers kind of have their own little society because they mm-hmm. park in the back away from everybody. Their pumps are away from everybody. 
they're the only ones typically that use the showers, and those are completely out of view from like normal customers. It's kind of interesting to see a gas station in post-apocalyptic America that is basically like that, but literally just for truckers, just for people that move shit. I like that, I, and I don't know, I don't know why that. That's probably really, really stupid that that like was really cool to me, or that it's like something that it kind of justified how I've always felt about like the the semi trucker aspect of like Bucky's or whatever. Like it's and no one, no one damn well Bucky's don't serve semi trucks. Now that I've said that, um, I hope that my fellow Bucky's fans are not listening because they will crucify me in the comments for that one. Um, but I don't know. I, I really thought that the pit was really interesting, Kyle. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in that, but I'm curious as to hear what y'all thought because I really loved that as the setting for this episode. Yeah, I did as well. I thought that, you know, it was really cool seeing a lot of other milkmen in the same place because, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot of other... The only one I've really seen is, you know, John Doe and... I don't know. I, I think it's interesting to see other characters and other personalities in this same kind of role and see how he is so much more unique, how he's so much more different. Like, you know, it, it's it's also one of those scenes that, man, I don't – you were right. I don't think I could ever watch this with my parents because of the fucking watermelon Oh my god, yeah. dude! I can't. Like, what the fuck was that? That was, that was some boys level shit, dude. This, this guy. Oh man, this is so bad. I can't believe I'm about to fucking Mr. say Slam. this, Mr. Slam. Mr. Slam. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking. They call him Mr. Slam because he has a huge. Oh Jesus! I remember this. Dick, and he uses it to smash watermelons, and they show it. They don't show, you know, the whole thing. It's it's covered, but they show, you know, it in his pants, and he uses it to smash a watermelon. And like, oh man, that was so bad. That was so bad. I don't ever want to see that shit again. Yeah, that that was that was the moment really for me where I was like, and really even when he like explains his name to Quiet, I was just like, yeah, I can't watch this with my parents. Definitely like, not. If my parent, if my mom couldn't get through the first like thirty minutes of the boys, like that's not happening. This is not happening if she couldn't get through that. So, like, I will say that aside, I liked how. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I liked it. I, I thought the uh, the whole kind of backstory between John Doe and Bloody Mary was really interesting. Yes. And I, I found it really interesting because I think that all three of us have maybe been there in some kind of relationship, you know, one time or another in our lives. Not necessarily saying right now if anybody specific is listening, but I feel like we've kind of been there where, you know, you we all, I think, have that exit. Well, Kyle maybe doesn't. I don't know. Kyle, you go scorched earth a lot on people, but... That's why we love you, but it's uh, it's one of those where we I think we all like have that ex that maybe we're still like relatively friendly with. Like if they, you know, you can have a conversation with them, you can be cordial with them, and you know it's not really weird. Well, Bloody Mary is essentially that for John Doe, and when she notices how he looks at Quiet and how he's treating her, and she hears like the information that he that you know that he is telling her and the quiet's telling her and she hears about, you know, how quick, you know, he's taking her on deliveries and stuff like that. 
she gets jealous and you see that jealousy build up the entire episode into the final conflict where John, a drunken John Doe lets slip that this is his last delivery and that he's trying to get into New San Francisco, obviously leads to the big, you know, the, the conflict at the end with the big old brawl in the pit stop. Um, and I liked that. I, I felt like as crazy as the show has been and as crazy as this episode was, I felt like we could all relate to that. Having an ex that you're friendly with or you being that ex that, you know, your ex can be friendly with. And you see them with someone else, and you get a little bit of red in your eyes. You start seeing a little bit of red. You start getting a little jealous. That's relatable, I think. And and I and I, I that may sound crazy that I like that, but I like that a show as batshit crazy as this one has found ways to actually be semi-realistic. I don't feel like I didn't feel like at the start of it that would be possible. Now again, I'll let you two tell me if I'm being just crazy with that. I maybe maybe I am, but I don't know, Matt. I liked that. I don't know if maybe you feel the same. But again, I just like how this show finds the weirdest moments to be realistic, but I also respect it because it's a show that shouldn't be realistic at all. Yeah, and I think that that is how that the show is really well balanced, and it's not just like one full genre, is that they do find the human side of these people in the post-apocalyptic setting. Um, And I mean, obviously, you know, Mary and um, John Doe have a history. So clearly, of course, she's going to be jealous. And then, you know, you end up finding out it's all because of, you know, um, they ended things when Mary wanted to go on ride-alongs with John, and he, you know, always denied her of that. Um, but I guess when you see that sort of thing with another girl, clearly, obviously, you're going to get jealous, especially finding out how quickly, you know, she went on deliveries with him. Um, it's like you said, and I'm really glad you touched upon that, is we're all human. Of course, we get jealous. It's it's, it's going to happen. It doesn't have to be over a person. It could just be over something that somebody has that you don't have. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, mean, I like think about it like if like you know you see a friend get a promotion at work and they've go. only been at that job for like six months you've been at your job for let's say like five or six years and you haven't been promoted at all it's just it's just human nature to maybe be a little bit jealous that's all it is yeah exactly exactly um and i, I definitely feel like that we got a fantastic conclusion and by the end of this episode with the kind of rivalry that they were building up between mary and quiet it is very sad on mary's part but i mean Quiet's a badass, like, bar none. I, I really like Quiet. She's my favorite character, and I like seeing her kind of get the win every so often, especially because of how hard she had it earlier in the, in the season. So, you know, any victory for her is a victory. That's, that's very cringy, isn't it? <laughs> no, but listen, I, I feel what you're saying, though. Like, I feel what you're saying. Yeah. Like, listen, I think Pedro yeah. Pascal knocked it out of the park, and Bella mm-hmm. Ramsey did as well in The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not so sure that Stephanie Beatrice is not my favorite performance in a video game adaptation this year, though. She's been, especially the last couple of episodes. She's been really damn good. Like yeah. she has been really damn good. So it's I I I don't think I could. Re- I see what you're saying. I mean, you say yeah, it may sound cringy. I mean, Kyle's probably cringed at the the. Yeah, they made a they made a character that you that you want to root for. Yes, you know? and again, in, in Twisted Metal, that's impressive. Like that's, that's impressive <laughs> that in a show like this, you manage to create a couple characters that we care about, and then we want to see win. Like, I mean, let's be real, Kyle. When when this show first started, what did you want to see? You wanted to see shit blow up. Yeah, yeah, facts. Car battles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and now and now we're all invested, and we want, and we. I mean, y'all have already seen the ending. I have not, but like, I want to see this these two win. 
I want to see these two win, and I think that's nuts that in Twisted Metal, they actually gave these characters good characterization. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. So there's one line at the end, and this is probably my favorite line in the entire show so far, and this excites me for what's ahead. Mm-hmm. And it's the last shot with Agent Stone where he tells uh, the two people with him, he goes, the only thing more fun than shooting fish in a barrel is trapping them in the barrel in the first place. And that is one of my favorite lines in the whole show. That's one of those where I was like, y'all know the meme of the, of the guy looking at his AirPod and it's like smoking. Like that's the bar that's coming through the AirPod right there. The writers were cooking when they wrote that one. (laughs) They were fucking cooking when they wrote that shit. I was like, Thomas Hayden Church nailed the delivery too. Like he said that. And I was like, there's about to be some nasty shit that goes down. Yeah, so that's to get you excited for the next episode. Oh, yeah. Like, that is, that is like the line where I was like, oh boy, this is about to get good. So, fellas, uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. And then, Matt, you can, you can let me know if there's anything else. Uh, I feel like we've touched on everything. Uh, is there anything that you feel we've missed in this episode? Honestly, not really. Uh, the whole, you know, bar fight scene was really well choreographed, I want to say. I thought yeah. that there was a lot of cool parts to that. Um. Now, how Bloody Mary got the fuck back up? I have no idea. I thought that bitch was dead. And, yeah, for uh, real. Man, that was wild. But that whole scene, the whole bar fight scene, I thought was really cool because it was a lot of action all at once, a bunch of shit going down, and man, I, that 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 part was pretty cool. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about that, but yeah, that that was about it. That's all I really got. I will say another line that I love, and I and I am glad that you brought that up because it reminded me. I love the line from Quiet of "Don't let revenge ruin your shot at a second chance." I like there you that. Go. There you go. Yeah. Like, like that's another one where I was like, the writers, the yeah. writers are starting to get in their bag a little bit as as the as we get towards this <laughs> climax. They're starting to get in their bag a little bit, and I like this. So, Matt, is there anything else you wanted to bring up? I guess the only thing I want to bring, mention is the fact that it kind of parallels between uh, Sweet Tooth and uh, John Doe because in this episode we got you know a better look at their histories because we still don't know a lot for, a lot about them, especially John Doe. Um, and I do like the fact that you know they don't force us constant flashbacks for each episode. I like that they just kind of periodically make an appearance so we can just get a little learn him just a little bit more. Um, and then, I mean, clearly Sweet Tooth was like the star of the show once again, but it's kind of hard not to be when Sweet Tooth is in the episode. Yeah, I, I will say the, the use of flashbacks has been really, really smart by the writers and by, by the whole production team. I think that using them when they are relevant to build up certain characters at certain times are good. I think that if every episode started with a flashback, I'd probably get sick of it. I'd probably be tired of it. So... I, I do have to agree with you there. I think that's a great point that they've used flashbacks when they've been sparingly used, I believe, at least in my opinion, they have been, but they've yes. been smart when they've been used. They've made sense. So I do agree with that as well. So I think that's a good place to wrap up this episode. So that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, for Matt, for Kyle, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.